Good morning, Orlando. We are glad you're up and at them early with us here at 6 o'clock for our first check of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning smoke from brush fires closes State Road 50 again, and a Muslim professor resigns from Rollins College. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And a local sheriff talking tough to heroin dealers. He takes flack for it. I love his approach. I'll share it with you and see what you think next on Good Morning Orlando. And good Tuesday morning at 6.01 on News Radio 102.5. And you just heard in our traffic report that smoke from a brush fire has again closed portions of State Road 50 in Orange and Brevard counties. The Florida Highway Patrol says poor visibility is what led troopers to block the eastbound lanes of East Colonial Drive at St. Nicholas Avenue in Orange County's Christmas neighborhood early today. Westbound lanes of Cheney Highway were also shut down at Plantation Drive near Titusville. Troopers are asking motorists if you have to be on the road before daybreak to to reduce your speed while traveling through the area because of the smoke. The same stretch of highway was closed yesterday for several hours because of the blaze, which continues to burn in an area between East Colonial Drive and the beach line. And it's one of 19 brush fires currently burning in Central Florida. And even though technically this is our wildfire season, it is our dry season, they're saying we could be uh, really in for it uh, up until the rainy season starts in mid-May. Yeah, well, and there is no rain at all uh, in the forecast here, at least uh, for the next several days. And air quality is a problem. First time I've smelled the smoke here in Maitland, the metro Orlando area. Is that true for you as well this morning? exactly. So when I woke up and smelled it, I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Yeah. If you have any breathing problems, the advice is stay under AC if you can today and don't overdo it and overexert if you are out there because air quality has become an issue. Yeah, it really has. Elderly, pregnant women, anyone with any kind of a respiratory issue, uh, this news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. People in San Bernardino, California, are still shaken over the school shooting that killed an elementary school teacher and an eight-year-old boy. Karen Smith's family and friends say they're in shock. Her estranged husband shot her to death at North Park Elementary School yesterday morning. Smith's mother says her daughter married Cedric Anderson in January after knowing him for years, but that the relationship quickly turned sour and Smith was pursuing a divorce. Police say Anderson walked into his wife's special needs classroom and opened fire. A bullet struck eight-year-old Jonathan Martinez, and he later died at a hospital. Anderson apparently then shot and killed himself. Overseas, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson will be in Russia today. He'll be meeting with his counterpart there, and Syria is expected to be high on the agenda. Tillerson's meeting comes just days after President Trump ordered a cruise missile strike on a Syrian air base, causing the Kremlin to say that the move has damaged U.S.-Russia relations. Russia has been a key ally of embattled Syrian President Bashar al-Assad. Could be a frosty reception for Ooh. Tillerson. He was a hero there uh, when he was the head of ExxonMobil, got a special award of friendship from Putin, but I don't think Putin's even going to see him. And uh, this will be uh, tense, uh, it is believed, when uh, Tillerson lands in Moscow. Yeah, like you said, uh, drank champagne with them in the past. This time, not even expected to say hi. It'll be a bitter brew, I'm sure, <laughs> yes, this time around. In local news, a Muslim professor at Rollins College has resigned amid threats following the suspension of a disruptive student. College President Grant Cornwell confirmed to the Orlando Sentinel that Middle Eastern humanities professor Arij Zufari left the school after receiving email and phone threats following the suspension of student Marshall Polston. 
Holston was temporarily dismissed from campus, uh, campus last month after repeatedly disrupting class to challenge the professor's instruction on Christianity in the majority Muslim world. Holston was reinstated at the school. Rollins College voiced full support for Zufari, who also teaches at Valencia College. Yeah, we had Marshall Polston on telling his story um, about a week or two ago. Interesting uh, development there this morning. Yeah, definitely. And finally, speaking of interesting developments, the CEO of United Airlines is now calling the passenger that was forcibly removed from a plane in Chicago on Sunday, quote, disruptive and belligerent. Oh, please. Can you imagine the gall of this company to say that after we've all seen the viral video? Yeah, which um, we have posted on our website. We're going to talk about this big time in the 8 o'clock hour. Yaffe, you you posted the video for us. They dragged this guy off the plane because they were overbooked and needed seats for their own employees. I mean, incredible. This company is the worst at PR I've ever seen. I did not hear know that last comment you just said. Because it's just come out. The the last statement that we all heard was (laughs) the earlier one. But in a letter obtained by CNBC uh, Monday, CEO Oscar Munoz claimed that the employees followed established procedures. A viral video, of course, shows the security personnel literally dragging the screaming passenger, said to be a 69-year-old doctor, off a plane at O'Hare Airport. Munoz told employees that the man refused to comply and that the officers were left no choice. The CEO says although employees can use this as a learning opportunity, he, quote, stands behind all of you. That's another way of saying, I'm going to let you take the hits. I'm going to stand behind you. Oh, yeah. In an earlier statement, you'll remember, Mignot said it's upsetting. It was an upsetting event to everyone at the airline, adding that I apologize for having to reaccommodate these customers, added that the company is reaching out to the passenger to resolve the situation. This is such an outrage. Uh, We're getting into it in the 8 o'clock hour. If you haven't heard heard this, uh, we'll let you hear what happened on that plane. You You can check out the video as well on the website. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's right there on our homepage as police drag a man off that flight because United Airlines once again overbooked it. Now they're trying to say he was being disruptive and belligerent. Not so much. See it for yourself at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Hedinger and Deborah Roberts on News Radio 1025. Yeah, be with us at 8 o'clock. We'll get into that United Airlines deal. I mean, it's unbelievable what's going on there. Uh, Major conversation about Pine Hills crime and what to do about it. We've had a huge spike in violent crime there. Uh, Murders in recent days, etc. And Crime Hills right now seems worse than ever. We're going to talk about the sources of the problem and the solutions with you in our 7 o'clock hour. In a moment... um, there's a new sheriff up in Lake County. He created a video with a message to heroin dealers under his jurisdiction that has gone viral and brought slings and arrows down upon him. But he gets praise from the Budman. We'll see what you think in a moment as we listen to what Sheriff Peyton Grinnell of Lake County has to say to heroin dealers up there in his neck of the woods. Don't miss it. It's coming up. That in Orlando's news, weather and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Plea deals. They should have locked him up. But let's move on. 
to the talk topic at hand right now, and I'm definitely going to want to hear from you if you want to join the conversation on whether or not the new sheriff up in Lake County, Peyton Grinnell, is too tough and too beyond the pale in his brand-new video message to heroin dealers in Lake County. 407-916-5400 is my phone number, and our text line is always open at 23680. They have a heroin problem in Lake County. We've got one everywhere in Florida. Florida's heroin deaths have spiked 73% in just the last couple of years. Back in 2015 in Lake County, stats show seven heroin deaths. And this doesn't include how many people have become hopelessly hooked and had their lives ruined and the lives of everybody around them from heroin addiction. And then a year later, 2016, 32 cases where heroin was either the direct cause of death or a contributor in Lake County. That's a five-fold increase. Enter the new sheriff elected last year in Lake County, veteran lawman Peyton Grinnell. He's put together a controversial video. He posted on his Facebook page. We've got it on our website. You need to see it at 1025wfla.com. Um, this has gotten well over 600,000 hits on the Internet, twice the population of Lake County. I'm telling you, and th- this is huge. So we have posted the video, as I said, 1025WFLA.com, keyword Budman. But let me paint the word picture for you here. Sheriff Grinnell with a message to the heroin dealers in Lake County. He's in uniform, looking every bit the combat veteran Marine he is, staring down the camera while flanked by four of his drug agents in black uniforms and wearing masks to protect their anonymity. Some are angry that the drug agents look like they're from ISIS or the Taliban. Give me a break, you linguini spine wimps. This is the kind of tough talk and promise of action we need from law enforcement. I happen to love this message from Sheriff Grinnell. Let's listen, then tell me what you think. I'm Lake County Sheriff Peyton Grinnell. Over the last month or so, I've had several phone calls from citizens in this county concerned about the number of overdoses related to heroin. I want our citizens to know that I am aware of this serious issue. I am asking our residents to please call and let us know if you know of a location that this poison is being pushed out to our streets. You can remain anonymous. To the dealers that are pushing this poison, I have a message for you. We're coming for you. As a matter of fact, our undercover agents have already bought heroin for many of you. We are simply awaiting the arrest warrants to be finalized. So, to the dealers I say, enjoy looking over your shoulder, constantly wondering if today's the day. We come for you. Enjoy trying to sleep tonight, wondering if tonight's the night. Our SWAT team blows your front door off the hinges. We are coming for you. If our agents can show the nexus between you, the pusher of poison, and the person that overdoses and dies, we will charge you with murder. We are coming for you. Run. Lake County's Sheriff Peyton Grinnell. You need to check out the video on the website, 1025WFLA.com, keyword Budman. Anybody have a problem with that? Many do. I do not. I applaud the sheriff. 407 916 Text line 23680. I want to know what you think. You know, I'm looking at reaction to this tough-talking video from the new sheriff in Lake County aimed at heroin dealers there. Peyton Grinnell, 
flanked by the drug agents. Yeah, they do look like they're, you know, ISIS or Taliban with the black hoods on and the masks, but that that's the way these people operate. So they, you know, nobody knows who they are in the drug world, okay? You know, and there's been reaction coming in from all over the country because, as I say, this thing has gone viral way beyond central Florida. Here's just one reaction. Sorry, this is not a third world country. Police should not wear masks. If they're undercover, they should not be on TV. Why the heck are they wearing masks? Got a 7-Eleven to rob? Is this the kind of government you want? Well, then please move to another country and stop voting in mine. The ACLU says this approach by the sheriff flies in the face of what works in dealing with heroin drug addiction, that the most effective way to deal with heroin abuse, opiate abuse, is a more humane community-based public health program that looks at preventative measures. I'm all for that, but you got to have tough law enforcement ready to take action and putting the word out here that you want to keep this up, pushing this poison, you're going to spend most of your life behind bars because we're going to find you and we're going to lock you up. None of this namby-pamby stuff, Yaffe. I'm with Sheriff Grinnell. I agree. When I first saw the video, because you showed it to me this morning, I was shocked that there was any criticism of it. It seemed perfectly legit. And the criticism that you just mentioned is the most some of the most ignorant stuff I've ever heard. Of course they're wearing masks. That's what undercover police do. But it's, it's so scary. It looks like it looks okay. like radicalism, <laughs> like ISIS, like, like ISIS and, and Taliban. Oh, and I look at it, Yeffy, and it want to dive under the bed. I mean, why does he have to scare me like that? Give me a break. Oh, I mean, unbelievable. Wimpy weasels. Give me a break. However, we're getting a little support on the text line for the sheriff, I think from a fellow resident of Lake County. Yeah, I actually have a few texts coming in, bud. One person says, love our sheriff in Lake County. Much respect and full support another person says it's about time someone did this i lost a son to this poison and all the police did was nothing so that that's an interesting text another person says they are killing people in lake county with heroin you can't be too tough i think they should have been holding rifles in the video whoa then they really would have looked like isis i mean they're getting criticism for doing their job and looking tough that's what their job is yeah yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. But they're also getting a lot of support, too, and they're getting plenty from right here on the 50,000-watt front porch and from uh, from the best audience in talk radio that admires law enforcement with few exceptions, just as we do. I like this guy. He's been in law enforcement in Lake County for years, the new sheriff. He ran last year. He's a, he's a Marine, you know, deployed into combat zones a couple of times. We need somebody like that who's tough and tough as nails and willing to tell it like it is. We got some great sheriffs around here. We got we got Grady Judd who doesn't take any nonsense down in Polk County. We got Wayne Ivy out there um in 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 Brevard County that comes to mind too. And and there's a lot I also like about our local sheriff in uh, in Orange County, Jerry Demings, who we've had on the show several times. I feel like a lot of the criticism of what this sheriff did is just the usual anti-police criticism. You know, just any way to criticize police for anything. It's that, and it's yeah. a, it's the linguine-spined wimps, you know, who just can't cope with a tough image, and that's what that image was supposed to be, of those hooded drug agents flanking the sheriff. Um, it's terrific. If you haven't seen it, um, tell them where to find it. 
Yeah, you can go to 1025WFLA.com, uh, click on the Good Morning Orlando tab, and it's on your daily recap. I post links from the show every day on that. It's fantastic, and um, and, and Mike does a great job of, of doing that, so you can catch up with any part of the show you've missed or some of the videos, which are just a little hard to see on the radio. <laughs> okay? Just a little bit, yeah. And this is one you've got to see, along with that United Airlines passenger being dragged off the plane, okay? Deb uh, K. Long just gave us some chapter and verse on uh, the road closure issue from the smoke resulting from the ongoing brush fires as it remains so tinder dry here. And you've got more on that as we begin the news this morning. Yeah, just in case uh, you were listening with half an ear and you're getting ready to head out the door this morning, I want to build on that report from K. Long. That smoke from that brush fire has again closed portions of State Road 50, both in Orange and Brevard counties. Poor visibility led the Florida Highway Patrol to block the eastbound lanes of East Colonial Drive at St. Nicholas Ave and Christmas early today. Westbound lanes were also shut down at Plantation Drive near Titusville. The same stretch of highway was closed yesterday for several hours because of the blaze and if you smell smoke and you will this morning bud and i noticed it ourselves for the first time today you're not alone as of eight o'clock in the morning monday there were 27 active wildfires in florida that are 100 acres or larger oh my goodness and the concern for more brush fires is going to remain because Central Florida, really the entire Sunshine State, isn't expecting any beneficial rain this week. You weren't with us yesterday, Deb, but 528, the beach line was closed for a long stretch. Not an issue this morning. At least that east-west thoroughfare is open, right? Yes. The, the 528. The 528 and the 405, or there was another road that was closed well, yesterday the four, morning. The 417, they had 417. some issues uh, there on the east side, the Beltway. Yep, nope. absolutely. So far this morning, it's only State Road 50. Bad enough for folks who need that thoroughfare, but better than Monday. That's for sure. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Speaking about being on the road, gas prices, have you noticed, shot up 12 cents a gallon across the Sunshine State in the past week. But the good news is senior petroleum analyst Patrick DeHaan at GasBuddy.com says we shouldn't see another spike of that size anytime soon. Big increase behind us, maybe some stability this week. Oil prices, however, are up to $52 a barrel this morning, so there are probably more gas price increases coming eventually. Yeah, the statewide average stands at two forty-two a gallon, more than 40 cents higher than this time last year. GasBuddy.com says the average here in Orlando is a bit cheaper at two forty a gallon. Meanwhile, U.S. Senator Bob Menendez is raising concern over the possibility of Russia taking over a major oil production company. Menendez says there's a strong chance the owner of Sitco could default on a loan backed by a Russian government-owned company. And here's, our, here's his concerns. We cannot give Putin any opening to affect the flow of oil or toy with American prices at the pump. And we cannot play Russian roulette with America's energy infrastructure. Menendez fears if the Russians take over Sitco, it could become an economic blackmail tool given Russia's history. Menendez wrote a letter to the U.S. Department of Treasury calling for a thorough conflict-free review of the potential acquisition. Sitco's been owned by Venezuela, you know, and yeah. and, and, and that dictatorship down there. And I, I, I don't buy Sitco uh, on that basis. And uh, if the Russians own it, I'm not going to go sit with go either, I Especially, guarantee Especially, yeah. And then finally, Tesla has become the most valuable car company in America. No kidding. The I electric kid you car not. company? Yes, the one I live right down the street from the dealership and 
cry a little tear every time I drive by. Come on, you're only $100,000 short of being able I to know, buy that one. I know, not a problem. <laughs> you know, a couple more years. Tesla, as Bud just said, known for its electric cars, is valued at just over $50.8 billion, just edging out GM at $50.79 billion. Toyota is currently the most valuable car company in the world. And now, finally, the Magic trailed Chicago 34-13 to after the first quarter last night, and it only got worse. The Bulls routed the Magic one. 22 to 75. Oh, Lord. It's the worst loss in Orlando franchise history, but thankfully, the season is almost over. Mercifully. Mercifully for <laughs> both you. the Magic players and fans. Oh, boy. You can get these stories and more at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. Thank you, Deb. And uh, as we check the clock, of course, if you're a regular here, you know you're about to get up to date on everything that has to do with the world of the stock market, business, and finance with. Gina Cervetti's Bloomberg Business Report live from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York. And good morning, Gina. Bud, good morning. Hey, let's talk stocks. What do we got in terms of the futures and yesterday's um, day on Wall Street? Mm-hmm. Right now, the futures are flat after a little change start to the shortened trading week. Energy companies did rise as oil prices were up for a fifth session, but the Dow only gained two points and closed at 20,658. The S&P was up about two points, or less than a tenth of a percent, to 23.57. And the Nasdaq added three points, closing at 58.81. Fed Chair Janet Yellen said the focus of policymakers has shifted from a post-crisis effort to heal the economy to holding on to growth gains. She spoke in Ann Arbor saying the Fed is trying to give the economy some gas, but not too much. All right. We've been talking about this United Airlines pilot uh, pilot or passenger being dragged off the flight that was overbooked yesterday. You've got a Bloomberg perspective on that this morning, Gina. We're going to be getting into this big time a bit later on. Mm -hmm. You can help set the table right now. All right. Well, first of all, CEO Oscar Munoz, United Continental's CEO, says the airline is conducting a review of that forcible removal of a man from an airplane in Chicago, an incident caught on video that, of course, has gone viral online. The ugly incident demonstrated how airline bumping due to overbooking can veer into confrontation. It is common for carriers to oversell their flights because of no-show flyers. CFRA research analyst Jim Corriador writes that United should have boosted the compensation that it was offering to passengers to entice volunteers to give up their seats prior to the incident. Yep, and nobody um, nobody took the uh, bait on that, even though they raised it a couple of times, but they mm-hmm. did not max out on it. And then the ugly scene, which we have posted the video on our website, 1025wfla.com, go check it out. Let's talk about the ongoing controversy over whether or not cell phone calls ought to be allowed when you're in the air on a commercial flight. Well, FCC Chair Ajit Pai wants to scrap the move to allow mobile phone calls on flight, suspending a proposal that has drawn scornful comments from thousands of passengers and also uh, the airline industry itself, pilots, flight crews, they are not for this. Pai is asking his fellow commissioners to join him in terminating the proceeding that started in 2013. One of the other three commissioners had previously voted with Pai against allowing calls, suggesting the measure will pass and end a years-long simmering debate. So no cell phone calls on airplanes. All right. I hope that's the way it stays. Let's talk about what Starbucks is up to over in China before you go, Gina. 
Sure. Well, it's kind of interesting what Starbucks is doing there. It will start offering health insurance that covers the parents of its full-time employees in China, a unique offering that may be used by more than 10,000 older people. The plan is a response to traditional values in China where children often care for their parents and grandparents as they age in a society that does not have a comprehensive safety net for the elderly. Very interesting, as always, when you join us with the Bloomberg Business Report. Gina Cervetti, have a great day. We'll catch you tomorrow. All right, you too, bud. Thanks. Yeah, great story coming up right now. President Trump about to make good on another promise. And in so doing, he will become the living nightmare of a whole lot of federal government workers in our bloated bureaucracy. Give you the story in a second. That in Orlando's news, weather and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. If this report out of the website Axios.com that's been doing a lot of good reporting lately is right, you're going to have a lot of federal workers collectively holding their breath right now. Here's what is reported. The Office of Management and Budget Director Mick Mulvaney is going to send a letter this week on orders from President Trump that will order federal agencies to prepare for massive personnel cuts. It's all part of Trump's plan in his budget that was issued recently to streamline federal government. Mulvaney is going to demand that federal agencies significantly reduce their costs and increase their efficiency. The reorganization will likely involve selling assets, laying off employees, and the cancellation of programs deemed unnecessary, and that the letter will fall in line with President Trump's executive order from mid-March, which dictates that Mulvaney propose a plan to reorganize governmental functions and eliminate unnecessary agencies components of agencies, and agency programs. Wow. Remember in the first White House budget that came out not long ago, President Trump ordered record cuts for a number of federal agencies, including 31% cut to the Environmental Protection Agency, 28% cut to the State Department, 18% cut uh, to the Department of Health and Human Services. Also proposed eliminating funds for the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, NPR, and as well as the Endowment for the Arts and Humanities. A lot of people are going to be squealing over this, but this is exactly what President Trump ran on domestically. And and I'm glad he's following up on this. It'll be very, very interesting to see exactly what's in that letter and specifically what cuts are called for and then how it plays in Congress. This is going to be a big story if Axios.com has got it right, Yaffe. You know, if this actually happens, I think the country will continue to run just fine, even though the left will scream bloody murder. I think I think the country will be okay. I think actually most people in the U.S. probably won't notice the difference. So I, I like it. Yeah, well, I got to tell you, um, you know, the, the, big gov- the big government Democrats will be squealing like stupid. Duck pigs. They really will. Yeah, they already and, are. And if this happens, if this happens, you know, not only, you know, you may say, well, you know, life actually will go on and will somehow function and probably better, you know, with, with fewer people in a bloated bureaucracy for crying out loud and government costing less and being more efficient. It will make history because there's nobody alive who can remember anything like this actually happening at the federal level. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep. I agree completely. Okay. We got lots to do here in a moment. 
There is a bill up in North Carolina that if it becomes law would prevent anybody from running for president in that state unless they release their tax returns. I've been thinking about this, and I'll tell you what I think in a moment. I'll tell you more about the bill, and we'll see what you think at 407-916-5400 and our text line 23680. They're calling this the proposed Trump rule up in North Carolina. I just think it's an anti-Trump measure. Casey runs for re-election. I really do. But the question at hand is, should you have to release your tax returns and make them public in order to be allowed to get on the ballot to run for president in North Carolina or anywhere else? I say absolutely not. Let the voters decide, as they did with Trump, whether or not publicizing your tax returns is important to you. There is no legal requirement that this be done. We've gotten used to it over the last 40 years, a little history on how this tradition began, and that's all it is. For most of the history of the republic, uh, no president ever released their tax returns, and nobody was ever, they, they were never even asked to. Well, a state senator in North Carolina has proposed what we're calling the Trump bill that would require any candidate for president in that state to release his or her tax returns before being allowed to get on the ballot, okay? Um, Three reasons the state lawmaker proposing this in North Carolina says for doing it. First, every major party presidential candidate for the last 40 years has made his or her tax returns public until Trump. Second, such disclosures allow the public to know whether these candidates have conflicts of interest or not. And finally, this bill has a lot of support, he says, by a majority of North Carolinians and members of both parties. I think most of us in this country say, well, you, you have to release your tax returns. You know, you have to. Everybody does it. I don't see why you should have to do that. The voters ought to decide whether there's a problem with you and, and, and how you make your money and what you do with it and, and, and your taxes. And, and, and if the IRS has a problem... I mean, there are mandatory reviews of the tax returns of anybody who runs for president. If they red flag it for fraud or something like that, it'll be made public. Otherwise, I I think that part of somebody's life ought to be private if they want to keep it private and let the voters decide whether or not it's an issue for them. This chases a lot of potentially good people away who say, come on, that's my private business, not the world's business. So I am against this proposal, Yaffe. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. It's just an anti-Trump thing. When I first read the story, I'm like, this is just all an attempt to bash Trump for not releasing his tax returns. And if he runs again, he won't be able to be on the North Carolina ballot if they exactly. get this thing through. Exactly right. It's all, They don't really care about yeah. this. It's just anti-Trump. It's all it is. All right. But beyond that, do you think that, it, that, you, that anyone who runs for president in order to get on the ballot Ought to be ought to release their tax returns? Do you, do you think they ought to be oh, forced no. to do it? No, no, I don't think they should be forced to do it. In fact, I have an even better idea, bud. What is that? We'll get rid of this whole problem. What do we do? Get rid of the income tax. How about oh, we do that? There we go. And then we won't even have this problem anymore. There you go. So if the left is so concerned about tax returns, how about we just get rid of the income tax? Not an issue. Yes. You know how this tradition began? It began actually right here in Orlando. Really? In a way. I did not know that. Yeah, I did a little review of history. Remember I told you off air, I think it goes back to Richard Nixon. I was Mm -hmm. absolutely right on that score, this custom of releasing tax returns. And again, there's no law that says you need to do it, and I don't think you should be compelled to do it. Let the voters decide whether or not uh, it's an issue for them. Uh, But at any rate, way back in 1973, Nixon was under audit. You know, all of this Watergate stuff was beginning to develop. 
And, and amid a controversy over his personal taxes, Nixon released returns dating back to when he took office in 1969. Okay, and it led to one of Nixon's most famous quotes, which was down at Disney's Contemporary Resort when he said, oh, people have got to know whether or not their president is a crook. And I am not a crook. Yep, there you go. I love when Nixon stopped by, stops by the show. It's great uh, stuff. You know, I don't have very much to do anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, I, and I, like, I like if I'm not too crazy about the Bud Man. It bothers me. But Yaffe, you've got great promise. <laughs> oh, Tone, it, I man. don't know if I want an endorsement from Nick, <laughs> Nixon. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Pine Hills crime. Nobody seems to be able to do anything about it. I mean, they've got marches for peace. They've got social programs, taxpayer money being thrown into one program after another. And it's still Crime Hills. And recently, there has been a horrendous spike in violent crime and murders out in Pine Hills, in the western part of Orlando. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna lay it out for you here in a moment. And I've got a story to share with you that may explain the road to crime followed by so many in Pine Hills. I hate the idea that there is any problem without a solution. But I sure don't see a clear solution to crime in Pine Hills. I think there are things we're not doing that we should be doing to deal with it, control it, and minimize it to some extent. But solving the crime hills problem, uh, the Pine Hills problem with crime, that's a tough one. Let's talk about it. We're blowing out some serious airtime for that and your input as well. Oh, coming up here in just a second, your opportunity to win a thousand bucks in our texting contest, the Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Deborah Roberts then updating the news at 7. More smoke from those brush fires causing State Road 50 to close in a stretch. And another Hills deputy involved shooting. Another and another deputy involved shooting in the news here at 7 o'clock. Good morning, Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. Beautiful, beautiful Tuesday morning with the moon setting behind us here at the studio. We're glad you're with us at 7 for an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning smoke from a brush fire closes State Road 50, and we have another Pine Hills deputy involved shooting. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. Pine Hills Crime. Is there a solution? Next on Good Morning Orlando. And good Tuesday morning at 7.03 on News Radio 102.5. And those smoky conditions has closed portions of State Road 50 in Orange and Brevard counties. Poor visibility caused the eastbound lanes of East Colonial Drive at St. Nicholas Avenue and Christmas to be shut down early today. And westbound lanes were also shut down at Plantation Drive near Titusville. This same stretch of highway was closed yesterday for several hours because of the blaze, but remains the only road closure due to the smoky conditions. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. More violence in Pine Hills yesterday morning on the heels of a difficult weekend. A deputy shot a man who was stabbing a woman, but Orange County Sheriff Jerry Deming says... 
Crime is actually down 18%, and so are murders. When we look at the total homicides at this same relative point in 2016, uh, as of today, we would have had 21 homicides uh, last year. Uh, Year to date, we've had 10, even with the very violent weekend that we had in Pine Hills with uh, three or four homicides that occurred. Deming says the 20-year-old woman and 21-year-old man were transported to ORMC with life-threatening injuries. The two share a child together. In the meantime, another uh, community that's been plagued by violence is Chicago, where police are trying to track down the gunman who shot and killed Cook County Judge Raymond Miles outside his Southside home. Deputy Police Superintendent Kevin Navarro says the department is using every resource available to find the shooter. You have our word that we will not let Judge Miles' life be lost in vain and we will hold his killer accountable. Miles suffered multiple gunshot wounds early yesterday morning after confronting a suspect who had already shot his girlfriend in the leg. Detectives are considering a variety of motives for the shooting, including robbery. A Palm Bay dad and daughter are facing criminal charges for allegedly selling pot brownies to students at a Brevard County High School. Palm Bay police arrested Robert Johnson and his 17-year-old child after two Heritage High School students got sick last week from the cannabis-laced treat that was intended as a graduation gift. Three other students were also arrested in the case, all faced drug charges. No word on if the students faced disciplinary action due to spring recess this week. And finally, Chinese social media is lighting up after that man who was bumped from a United flight over the weekend said he was dragged off the plane because he's Chinese. The video that's gone viral is the top trending topic today on China's answer to Twitter. Most users have expressed shock and anger, and some are calling for a boycott of United. Chinese-American comedian Joe Wong said the man who said he was bumped for being Chinese deserves a thumbs up. Wong says Western mainstream media and the public don't take discrimination against Asians seriously. Boy, that's another dimension to this story. And and even without that component to it, the whole thing is viewed with outrage by literally millions who've seen the video, which we posted on our website. We're going to get into what happened to that passenger and what's wrong with United and the airlines in general in that regard in our 8 o'clock hour, Deb. All right. Well, in their not quote-unquote defense, but apparently it was four random names that the computer had come up with of folks who are going to be bumped from the flight. I'll tell you where the the source of all of this problem is and what needs to change with our airlines. I'll, we'll talk about it at 8 o'clock. All right. Well, right now, WFLA News Time is 7.07, and you can check out News Radio 102.5 WFLA's 50,000-watt front porch logo contest, a chance for you to win some great prizes and some bragging rights. Learn more at 1025wfla.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 1025, this is Good Morning Orlando. Yeah, what we want you to do is share with us how you picture the 50,000-watt front porch in your mind, okay? Where we gather to talk over the issues of the day and have for the better part of 15 years. You know what it sounds like, but what does it look like in your mind's eye? Draw it, Photoshop it, whatever. And um, go to 1025wfla.com, keyword porch, click on the homepage link, upload your graphic or a picture of your artwork. We'll run the contest right on through April and choose a winner on the Tuesday, May 2nd edition of Good Morning Orlando. And boy, the prizes are great, Deb. We've got a Cracker Barrel rocker for you for your own portion. 
Awards worth $180. Yeah, we also have uh, gift certificates to IDC Jewelers, Sam Sneeds, and a chance to sit in with us at the 50,000-watt front porch with Bud, myself, Mike Yaffe, and some pretty big uh, bragging rights. Oh, it's going to be fun because we're going to use your depiction in our promotional campaigns moving forward. You will define what the 50,000-watt front porch looks like. So, great contest. Get in on it on our website, 1025WFLA.com, keyword porch. Everything is there. Pine Hills crime, been an enormous problem ever since I have lived in Central Florida, and that is more than 30 years. It's still called Crime Hills, and boy, the recent spike in very serious crime and homicides, etc., have us wondering whether or not this could be a problem without a solution. I naturally rail against the very thought of there being a problem we can't solve. But let's really look at Pine Hills crime in this hour and solutions to it. We got lives at stake here. 407 916 5400. If you want to weigh in, text line 23680. We'll get into Pine Hills crime and what to do about it here in just a moment because all of the solutions that all of the experts, so called, out there have come up with don't seem to be making a serious dent. That in Orlando's news, weather and traffic in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Another beautiful weekend in Central Florida, the last weekend for the Parade of Homes 2017. Your opportunity to see beautiful new homes all over Central Florida, from Lake County to Orange County to Seminole County and beyond. Maybe you found the home of your dreams, but in order to make that dream come true, you've got to sell the home you're in. But who do you call? Here's the only name you need to know for all of your real estate needs. Laura Peterson of Frontgate Realty. Laura and her team are some of the top-rated real estate professionals in all of Central Florida, and that's according to Real Trends and Orlando Style Magazine. And here's why. Laura has the numbers to back her up. Laura Peterson of Frontgate Realty can sell your home up to 55% faster and get you up to 8% more money. Part of the reason is because Laura has an exclusive buyer system with over 6,700 ready buyers looking to buy their dream home Right now, it could be your home. So call Laura Peterson at 321-210-2692. Deb was talking about um, Sheriff Jerry Demings in Orange County saying, yeah, we've had a big spike in violent crime homicides very recently in Pine Hills, but overall there the trend in crime is down. That may be true in the very recent past, except for the big spike just in the last week or two but when you look at the overall crime situation in Pine Hills uh, versus almost anywhere else you can name in Central Florida, the stats don't lie, and they are alarming. For Pine Hills, the number of crimes, total crimes committed per 100,000 people, about 5,300. Compare that to about 3,200 statewide and 2,800 nationally. As far as violent crime is concerned, per 100,000 people, 754 on an annual basis in Pine Hills. Florida's average 462, the national average even lower at 372, uh, 373, okay? So, I mean, it's it's just a huge pocket of really serious crime, and it comes up from the youth. Florida's Department of Juvenile Justice says that one sliver of Pine Hills has Florida's highest volume of juvenile arrests, the entire state, number one, Pine Hills. 
Orange County has maintained, according to the stats, the highest number of juvenile arrests in Florida for the last three consecutive years, and Pine Hills leads the way. The majority of these arrests are for crimes charged as felonies. Demographically speaking, it is young blacks between the age of 12 and 16 comprising the majority of those arrests. In Pine Hills, a community of about 60,000 in the west part of Orlando that was once kind of an upscale place where a whole lot of Lockheed Martin workers uh, built their homes back in the 1960s. Demographically, it has totally shifted to the point now where whites make up less than 20% of the Pine Hills population. A lot of different races representative, uh, but the dominant population is black, 67, 68%. Um, Listen to this story, which I think is really typical of the Pine Hills story of how people turn to crime and crime and violent crime is perpetuated within the Pine Hills population generation after generation. And what a tough nut it has proven to crack, uh, to be to crack. I mean, Sheriff Demings has his RISE program, all kinds of social programs, all kinds of money has been dumped into Pine Hills to deal with the chronic violent crime problem that persists and nothing seems to really come close to solving the problem and barely making a dent in it seems to be what we occasionally settle for. I'm going to tell you a compelling story in a moment, okay? And, and, and then I want your take on the problem in Pine Hills. Is this literally a problem without a solution? How would you solve the problem? Because what all the law enforcement experts and all the politicians and pundits and everybody else seem to always recommend and seem to get implemented doesn't really seem to be solving the problem. So maybe the smartest audience in talk radio can do it. We'll see. 407-916-5400. I'd like your take on it. And um, our text line always available at 23680. Heads up, we're doing not just this segment, but the next one in the next half hour on Pine Hills Crime, so we can get as many uh, calls and text messages in here if you want to talk about the problem and, more appropriately, how you would solve it, because this is a tough one. All the experts have been trying to solve the Pine Hills Crime problem for as longer than I can remember, and nothing seems to really work. It breaks my heart. All of these social programs are proposed of one kind or another with all good intentions, and the violent crime goes on. The big spike in recent days has us re-examining the Pine Hills crime, chronic violent crime issue, and what's behind it and how you solve it. Uh, it breaks my heart. In the wake of, um, um, you know, of, of this carnage, there was a march for peace in Pine Hills by law-abiding citizens out there, and there are many, okay? It's not exclusively you know, um, uh, druggies and, uh, and, and criminals out there. But these people, I mean, they, this is a community where they've lived for years and they want to stay there, but they're scared to death to live there. They're marching for peace, but they have no idea how to attain it. And I think this is one reason why, because I think this story is repeated countless times in Pine Hills. It is the story of Marquise McKenzie. He's 26 now. He's been in prison. He's out. Listen to this. He wasn't always a bad kid, but here's how he went down the road to crime the way so many do out there in Pine Hills. Marquise McKenzie. He says at 16 years old, he was sent to prison for robbery, possession of a firearm, burglary of convenience, and resisting an officer without violence. 
He said, I did everything I could when I was young, was going to school, trying to play sports. He grew up in low-income housing with his mom. His parents were separated, but he had a good relationship with her father, and they, he remembers well moving into Pine Hills. Mackenzie picked up gambling from his family and new neighbors. He began using um, uh, skill games to increase the profit that he earned from cutting grass. And then what really set it off, he remembers, my mom, she had a boyfriend, and he hit her. She had to get eight stitches in her head. Nothing else didn't really matter after that. It was my excuse to be harmful to people. Behavior that is modeled one generation to the next. And impressionable young kids pick it up. By fifth grade, Mackenzie was getting in fights in school. By sixth grade, even more fights, even more gambling and not doing his work. Then he returned, when he turned 14 years of age, he was in a gang. And for him, the path to manhood was making cash and earning respect for doing so. Most of the people, he says, that I hung around there were drug dealers. They took care of their families, so it kind of looked like another way to provide for my family, drugs. He remembers adults in his neighborhood having guns, but at the same time, kids did not. That is, not until a song by a well-known rapper was released and took the streets like fire. The song was Chopper Zone, popularized carrying guns with one lyric in the chorus. The streets got a law called Ride With Your Fire. He says you could get two guns for 80 bucks back then. You know, it was guns everywhere. Mackenzie would cut grass some days and work to the mall on others. Then some nights, listen to this, he and his friends would get even more money. How? Robbing people armed with their guns. The first time we went out and we robbed somebody, it was like, hey, you know, this is easy, you know? Made a couple of hundred dollars every weekend. We'd go out and we'd rob people Friday, Saturday. And if I could make six or $700 in a day on the weekend... That wasn't bad. 15 years old, 14 years old, he thinks back. An armed burglary with a friend one evening landed him his first arrest and a 10-year prison sentence. He's out now, and apparently he's gone straight. But I think that's a story that is repeated countless times in the Pine Hills community. And what a difficult cycle that will be to break. One thing, okay, however many cops they have on the street out in Pine Hills, they need more. I would recommend the Rudy Giuliani mayor of New York City model. He flooded the streets with visible police, and the crime dropped dramatically when he was mayor. Without anything else being done, you want to get a quick handle on this, that's how you do it. Long-term, tougher nut to crack. And your weight problem is a tough nut to crack as well. By the way, more calls coming up, 407-916-5400. We've laid out the problem in Pine Hills. I've told you one quick thing I think we can do. I'm telling you, we need more cops on the street out there, 407-916-5400. No matter how many there are, we need to double them, and we need to find the resources and move it around to do it. 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Deb, we can always count on the smartest audience in talk radio to offer solutions to problems where sometimes there don't seem to be solutions. Yeah, we've got uh, Mike Yaffe checking our text line this morning with some of those solutions from listeners of the 50,000-watt front porch. What are they saying this morning? Yeah, getting a lot of texts coming in on this with some ideas. One person says plainly, Fix the breakdown of the traditional American family. For those just joining us, we're talking Pine Hills crime. We've had the recent spike of homicides and very violent crime there, and and it's been such a tough nut to crack. Go ahead on the text line, Yaffe. 
Yes, another person says it's time to get God back in schools and begin teaching morals again. Uh, another person uh, on that same note says uh, any only by God can uh, crime be changed over there. Another person says it may be too late for many perps, but begin raising with two married dedicated parents. So a lot of the same themes from the textures today. Yeah, we'll check the phone lines here in a moment. I got one caller who says he knows how to solve the Pine Hills crime problem. We'll get to all of that and more. But, Deb, important news beyond the Pine Hills situation this morning. Yeah, and that's the fact that some motorists may have to take a different route to their destination this morning due to heavy smoke conditions on State Road 50. The Florida Highway Patrol reported early this morning that State Road 50 is closed in both directions between St. Nicholas Avenue and Christmas and just west of I-95 in Titusville. Motorists can use State Road 46 or State Road 520 as alternates. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. I'm not really sure how he's going to do as a rapper, but he makes a heck of a comedian. But an Australian rapper bud named Tupac versus Tupac could be washed up before he even begins after allegedly skipping out on an expensive meal by swimming away. (laughs) <laughs> he outswam the check, huh? Well, he tried. Tupac, whose real name is Terry Peck, racked up a $450 bill at a seaside restaurant in Queensland, including two whole lobsters, an octopus, 21 vodka oyster shots, and several <laughs> beers. <laughs> when it came time to pay, though, he jumped in the ocean and tried to swim away. <laughs> He made it about 160 feet out before getting fished out by a police officer on a jet ski. Apparently, he wasn't told that you're supposed to wait 30 minutes before you get in the water after eating. That's what mommy always said. That's right. You can't go swimming. That peanut butter sandwich is 30 minutes. (laughs) 30 minutes. I'm surprised he didn't sink like a rock with all the food and the booze in him. No doubt. (laughs) But he's not done yet. He told officers he was in such a hurry because he had to get to another beach to help a friend give birth. Oh, really? I'm thinking he had more than 21 vodka oyster shots. <laughs> oh, Tupac is out on bail and currently banned from the restaurant. What is a vodka oyster shot? Do you I have don't know. I've heard of jello shots. I have two. I have vodka with an oyster in the bottom? I don't know. Somebody call us and let us know what a, what a vodka oyster shot is and why it's making my stomach rumble this morning. Mm. It's probably make me about ready to lose breakfast, the very thought of that. Not an oyster guy, particularly the raw ones. Yeah. It's nasty stuff. You just got to just swallow and don't look. <laughs> what are they called? Oyster vodka shots? Vodka oyster, oyster shots. shots. What are those? Maybe they inject the oyster. You know, like they sometimes Ooh. will inject, the, uh, inject an actual watermelon with Yeah, with exactly. Vodka. Exactly. You yeah. got a lot of... A lot of vodka know. recipes over there, Mr. Budman. Well, I'm yeah. kind of a misspent youth, you know, but I've cleaned up my act. Partially. It's not what I heard. No, stop. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I, I may have partaked in vodka oyster shots okay. before. Okay, I figured our, our, our young What do you mean you figured? Well, you're at Go that ahead, age. Michael. It's, it's a shot glass with vodka, oyster, and sometimes they'll put a little cocktail sauce or something like that, and it's a shot. You shoot it. And the oysters in the shot along with the vodka? It's sort of like having an appetizer and a drink at the same time. Wow. That millennial generation really doesn't want to have to do more work than necessary, do they? It's all about those infusions. (laughs) Wow. My question is, how could he even figure out where the ocean was after 21 
vodka oyster shots. Are you sure he was in the actual ocean? Did he find himself uh, in what he thought was the ocean? Well, he got fished out by a police officer on a jet ski, so let's just say I'm hoping it was. If I had a dollar, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) We're having too much fun, but we got to get Deb Meister back to the uh, newsroom, and we're going to get back to the serious issues of finding solutions to the Pine Hills chronic crime problem. All the experts try various things, spend a lot of our taxpayer money, and it doesn't seem to make a serious dent. Is this a problem without a solution, or do you have the solution? 407-916-5400. More text line messages welcome, and that's 23680. As we come to you from the front gate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. That and Orlando's news, weather, and traffic updated here for you in just two minutes. So stick with us on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Making time for input from the smartest audience in talk radio on um, the seemingly unsolvable problem of violent crime in Pine Hills. Now, on the line is a man who says he has the solution. Ben, you're on from Claremont. How do you solve this problem? Cut off all state and federal monies to Pine Hills, including welfare, because it's the corruption is rampant from the from the government leaders. They're they're skimming this money off for sure, and, and that that's evidence. How does that cause people in Pine Hills inclined toward crime to turn away from it? Cut off the money and tell them until they clean up their own mess. No allowance for you. Okay, interesting idea. Four zero seven nine one six fifty four hundred. Alfred is in Orlando. Go ahead, Alfred, with your solution. Good morning, reformatories. When I was growing up in New York in the fifties, anytime we got out of line, they would tell you go to a reformatory until you're twenty-one, and that would scare the hell out of me. Yeah, what was it like yep. at the reformatory, or anticipating going there? Well, you would think that you would, be, you would be away from your family until you were 21, maybe a visit here and there. But think, thinking of not being with your family at all because you've be, be, misbehaved. You know, I, uh, whatever happened to reformatories, Alfred? Well, they went, out of that, they went out of fashion for whatever reason. The liberals got rid of them. Yeah, because, oh, it's just, it's just, it's just unfair. It's discriminatory. Exactly. It takes people out of the population. You know, I think you may be on to something there, buddy. You know, Yaffe, it's like we had these scared straight programs. Remember um, the old Orange County sheriff here? He had this program, and that got dismantled. You know, you would you would send these these kids who were getting into trouble to talk to hardcore prisoners behind bars about the kind of life they were headed for if they didn't shape up. Oh, scared straight. Remember that? Yeah. It these... was great. Did away with that, too. Really? You know, too tough, Why? too in-your-face, too discriminatory, you know. Oh, I, I mean, uh, It's supposed to be tough and in-your-face. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, I mean, I think we definitely need whatever the number of cops we have patrolling visibly on the streets there. We need to go to the Rudy Giuliani uh, route when he was mayor. I said it before. And, and we, need, we need to max out on the patrols there. And they need to move them from areas where there's not a big crime. They need, I don't, I'm not talking about hiring more police here. We got plenty of them in Orlando and Orange County. But... Move more of them over there is what needs to happen. And, 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 and it made a difference in New York crime uh, immediately when Giuliani flooded the street with cops. Yeah, we actually have a texter who agrees with you and says uh, they need a massive police presence to make it impossible for the dealers to do business. And that's where you start. But the issue, the generational issues that were raised by that story are related to you of a young man from 
uh, Pine Hills earlier, uh, I think, is, is a tougher nut to crack. We go to Apopka. Scott, you're on the line. Good morning. Yeah, they need to stop the drug dealers. These drug dealers, the big dollar drug dealers, doesn't live in Pine Hills. They live in your neighborhood and my neighborhood behind the scene. You know, they're, they're feeding the smaller drug dealers that feed the pe- the street peddlers and this and that. You need to start at the top and get the big drug dealers. And if you stop the drug source, they won't have any drugs to deal. And these little kids are looking up at these dealers or money. Uh, the You, you can blame... Um, Hollywood on this because Hollywood shows these gangsters and this and that and the music industry. I mean, they're they're talking about um, all their rap songs. What about the rap songs? Oh, Your yeah. mama's on crack rock. Oh yeah, and it goes on and, on and on and on. And it came up in that story about that uh, about that young man that I related before to. You know, the hardcore anti-police pro-drug culture within rap music. One more call on this issue of Pine Hills crime and whether there is a solution. Let's go to Winter Springs. Maggie, you're on with a Bud Man. Good morning. Good morning, Bud. Um, I just think that the residents need to work more with the police. Um, times are changing, although some people think that they're not. But if they want things to change, they also have to change their mindset. I think a lot um, of them resent the police. They, lo- they, they hate I- the police. Exactly. I mean, like I said, things have changed, and and you have to want to make that change as well, because protecting these kids that are getting into crime at a young age is not teaching them anything except to continue in crime. Thank you, Maggie. Thoughtful calls and text messages here on Pine Hills Crime. Thank you, one and all. Promise you this is an issue we will have to revisit. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here at the top of the 8 o'clock hour as we bring you the very latest look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning State Road 50 reopens after smoke from a brush fire shuts it down, but Florida's fire threat is rising. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And a passenger dragged off a United Airlines flight that was overbooked. My take and yours next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Tuesday morning. It's 8.03 on News Radio 1025. Poor visibility led the Florida Highway Patrol to block the eastbound lanes of East Colonial Drive at St. Nicholas Ave. And Christmas early today, westbound lanes were also shut down at Plantation Drive near Titusville. The same stretch of highway was closed yesterday for several hours as well because of that fire. The road was re- uh, reopened shortly before 7.45 this morning, but troopers say it could be closed again if smoke rolls back into the area and as State Road 50 reopens, the beach line and the 407 are now closed. And if you smell smoke, you're not alone. As of Monday, there were 27 active wildfires in Florida that were larger than 100 acres in size. Air quality going to be an issue for folks who have breathing problems, so take appropriate measures. Those of you who have that issue know exactly what to do. Absolutely. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The second week of April is bringing a heightened fire concern with it to the Sunshine State. Forestry and other officials report they're doing battle with multiple brush fires in just about every part of the Sunshine State. The bottom line is there isn't room for much rain in Florida. Officials note we're entering the peak of the fire season when dry conditions make it easier for a careless act or a stray spark to set a blaze rolling. Some counties have enacted burn bans to minimize the fire hazards locally, and that includes Osceola County, Seminole County, Orange County, 
County. Authorities say the only real relief for these conditions is prolonged rain, and weather officers say it's going to be a while before that comes. The wet season generally doesn't arrive in Florida for a few more weeks. For some residents of Pasco County near State Road 52 and the Suncoast Parkway, it's been a nervous night. The air is filled with smoke there as well as firefighters work to control a couple of wildfires. John DeWolf of the Florida Forest Service says one of those fires, the so-called Silver Palms Fire, covers 25 acres but is hard to fight. Uh, it's, a, it's a real tough area to access. There's a lot of swampy ground. The dozers are getting stuck. Um, so it's going to be a little difficult to get in there and really take action on the fire. That fire is only about 25% contained, and another nearby fire called the Campgrounds Fire is about 50% contained. Meantime, officials say a fire in coastal Hernando County is about 90% contained. Closer to home, the Oviedo Brush Fire is contained after destroying several buildings. The Florida Forest Service says a nearly 165-acre blaze that's burned off of Live Oak Reserve Boulevard since Saturday is under control after consuming 11 structures. And finally, dictionary maker Miriam Webster is trolling United Airlines over that viral video of the passenger being forcibly removed from a flight. Miriam Webster said lookups for the word volunteer jumped 1,900% after United explained the incident by saying that the passenger was removed after the crew, quote, looked for volunteers mm-hmm. on an overbooked flight. Uh-huh. The video that went viral shows police literally dragging the screaming 69-year-old man who says he's a doctor off the plane at Chicago's O'Hare Airport. Marion Webster noted both on Twitter and its website that a volunteer is defined as, quote, someone who does something without being forced to do it. So mm-hmm. you know you've got bad PR when even dictionary makers are taking you to task on social media. It's a total PR nightmare. It really but, is. But they're, they're actually within their rights the yes. way the regulations for commercial flight are written. And we'll reveal all of that when we really get into this story that everybody is so outraged by. And that's what we're going to be talking about from this point on in this half hour. Good morning, Orlando Deb. It's another case of uh, us as consumers really having to pay attention to that small print because it turns out you're right. They are well within their right to do that and just about anything else they choose to do. Yeah, the way they did it has caused yeah. the PR black eye. And of course, in the age of smartphone cameras rolling, you can't hide it. It's right out there. And in a moment, we're going to hear it, and you can see it on our website. Yeah, WFLA News Time right now. It's 8.08. You can watch as police drag that man off that United flight because oh, United overbooked it. It's right there on our homepage, 1025WFLA.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. And I'll tell you the one thing that needs to change in the airlines, and you'd never see a situation like this again. I'd like to know your reaction to this outrage um, that is now worldwide over what United Airlines did to that passenger, dragging him off the flight, nearly unconscious. Um, 407-916-5400, our text line 23680. Also, if you want to win fabulous prizes, depict what the 50,000-watt front porch looks like on our brand-new contest Draw it, Photoshop it, whatever it takes. If yours is the winning entry, we'll use you in our promotions for the station moving forward. Learn all about the contest and the prizes. Go to the website, 1025wfla.com. 
keyword porch. It's all there for you, and we'll select our winner on the May 2nd edition of the show. We're getting entries already, but we don't have yours. So enter the 50,000-watt front porch contest. You could be our winner, and the prizes, as you'll see online, are fantastic. All right, I want to know what you think about what happened to that passenger on United Airlines, the flight out of Chicago to Louisville that was overbooked. 407-916-5400 if you want to get in early. Text line 23680. Uh, Again, we posted the video on the website, but you're going to hear what it was like on that plane in a moment. That in Orlando's news, weather and traffic in two minutes here as we come to you from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. The video is posted and it's compelling on our website, 1025wfla.com, keyword Budman. But it's pretty compelling, too, when you just listen to what it was like as passengers reacted to this man being dragged off the flight on Sunday. Listen as he first cries out when the airport security police haul him out of his seat. He apparently hits his face against an armrest. He winds up bloodied by that and dragged unconscious or close to it right down the aisle as disbelieving passengers react and capture the whole thing on their phone cameras. It was an ugly scene, and the CEO of uh, United Airlines, Oscar Munoz, issued this statement. This is an upsetting event for all of us here at United. I apologize for having to reaccommodate these customers. Nice term. Our team is moving with a sense of urgency to work with the authorities and conduct our own detailed review of what happened. We're also reaching out to this passenger to talk directly to him and further address and resolve this situation. Now, this guy who was of Chinese descent is, is now making the case that he was removed because he was Asian, that it was discrimination. Major lawsuits will be flying on this. But the fact of the matter is, and I'll get into it in detail in a moment, the airlines were actually within their rights to remove passengers when a flight is overbooked. One of the complicating issues here that really sparked the outrage was also they were trying to get four people on that plane that were United employees that needed to get to Louisville because they needed to be the crew for a different flight that would leave the next day. And when they came on in uniform after that doctor had been dragged out, the people really let them have it. Fact of the matter is, airlines need to stop the extreme aspects of this overbooking policy. They are committed to filling every seat. They're making money now hand over fist. They've cut down on the number of flights to make their operations more efficient. Almost every flight you're on now is packed and sold out. But they need to loosen that up and settle for a few empty seats on every flight, for crying out loud. And you won't have an issue like this. But they were within their rights, according to the way airline regulations are written, to do what they did. But it's outrageous that it came to police dragging this guy out. That cop, by the way, has been suspended. Two things. They need to change the overbooking policy and stop being so doggone greedy, all right? And if I were that cop, I would have said, drag this guy out? Are you kidding? With all the cameras rolling? I'm not, I'm not comfortable with this. 
I, I would say, I would say, listen, I, I'd go back and tell the airlines, this is your problem, not mine. I'm not dragging this doctor down the aisle. I mean, it just seems to me. But we'll see how it all plays out. Um, I, I can't believe that they're talking about having to reaccommodate these customers. What does that mean? 407-916-5400. Text line 23680. Full bank of phones. Yaffe will be checking the text line right now. Where do you come down on this? Uh, maybe, maybe you don't necessarily see it the passenger's way as I do. Maybe you see it United's way. Looks to me like some of the callers do. Of course, we'll let you make the case. What a PR black eye for United, right, Yaffe? You know, I, I keep trying to think of another business where something like this can happen, and I, I just, I just can't. I can't imagine like being at a football game and you're sitting in the stands, you're about ready to watch, and then you know they come. Oh, I'm sorry, we've overbooked the stadium. We have to let one of our staff sit here, so we're going to forcibly remove you from this. Oh yeah, I didn't realize this was such a big problem in airlines. Excuse me, sir, we've overbooked our drive-through lane this morning. Uh, we're not going to be able to serve you. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, you know. But these airlines have a way of shooting themselves in the in in the foot. You know, I remember the JetBlue flight and notoriously left passengers on the tarmac for nine hours. Remember that? At oh, one yeah. particular point, there were like, Jeez. you know, no bathroom facilities, no food. It was just outrageous. Anyway, um, within their rights to do it. But you know what? Um, sometimes there needs to be some discretion exercised. And particularly when you know the cell phone cameras are going to be rolling, United. Well, and this this is a good opportunity, though. I think the free market will work because other airlines will find ways to compete against this and use this to their advantage. Yeah, and there will be people who will try and avoid United, but sometimes, you know, they might just have the only flight that works for you. I don't know how much of a hit they're going to take. We'll have to see how this plays out. Brian, you're in Orlando on all of this. What's your take, Brian? How are you all doing this morning? We're fine, and we are glad you're with us. Um, just wanted to give you a little bit, I guess, insider info, kind of when it comes to airlines, because when I went to UCF, we actually partnered with Delta to do some work. Okay. On average, around six to seven people miss a flight. That's why they overbook, because they think they can. But the problem is, as you saw with this video, it doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. So they book expecting six or seven not to show, and this doesn't happen. But the problem that happened with this event was they did offer the gentleman $400, or anybody, $400. And I think they jacked it up to 800 and nobody yeah, took uh, the bait. Nobody and took nobody the bait. Took it. Because it didn't work the for them. They did it. The problem is they did it when everyone was already on the plane. They didn't do it in the gate. Exactly. Most companies do it in the gate when yep. no one's on the plane yet. Yep. They're already boarded. Yep. Now, there's a second video, and I don't know if you've seen this yet. It came out yesterday around like 3 o'clock. He got back on the plane after he was dragged off. He's running down the aisle saying, I need to go home. I need to go home. And they, they, and, and they kill me. They kill me. I, I, I didn't raise that because I thought it muddied the waters, and I wasn't quite sure what was going on there. I still don't know whether he wound up on the flight. Do you? No, yes, I do know. No, he did not. Um, they evacuated everybody off the flight. They took It took two hours, they said, to tidy up the plane. But as you can see in the second video, there's a bunch of freeze frames. He's pouring blood out of his right ear and his right side of his mouth. He was. But he got he got whapped when they dragged him out of there, apparently on the armrest. Yeah, they said he's they hit the, the statement that was released, he slipped and hit the armrest. It sounds like yeah, when someone, right. like a wife has a black eye and she slipped down. Yeah, that's, yeah, go that's go look at the video. They were they were dragging yeah, him out of there forcefully. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they basically, they had the entire plane evacuated. It took two hours for, I don't know if it was a new plane they took, wow. or they just tidied up. But, yeah, he didn't get back on the plane. Um, yeah. There was a whole bunch of other stuff that happened on the side. But, yeah, basically, 
the biggest problem besides the overbooking because every flight does it because, like I said, they expect seven no. people to miss. They need to loosen is, up on that. It, it, they're running it too tight just because they're greedy and they want to maximize yeah. profits at a time when the airlines are doing very well. Thank you, Brian. Great, great additional insight. Text line, Yaffe. Yes, I'm getting a couple people saying this, and it's actually a good point. What they're saying is that really the flight was not overbooked because it was a last-minute thing to try to get staff on the flight. So technically it's not overbooked with yeah. too many passengers. Yeah. It was inconveniencing passengers for the employees, which is even worse. Yeah, that is a great point. Um Zach, it says on the screen, you think we're blowing this out of proportion? Good morning from Orlando, no, I, Zach. I mean, my God, you book a freaking plane ticket, and you know that this may happen when you book the ticket. It says it right on there. So, it, you know, Yeah, if you read does, the fine print, but still, the way this came down for this passenger, you right, know, it doesn't so, need to be that way, does so it? I, no, I mean, I think I, I didn't see the tape yet, but. Oh, you got to look at it. I ran back down the runway. I mean, hey, you're. That grounds to get roughed up a little bit when you're coming out of there. So next time they ask, it doesn't happen again. But, I mean, hey, I'm going to fly with them now. I like that, that they don't take any of that crap from anybody when they ask them to get up and leave. If you don't, you get roughed up. Oh, so, man, really, answer. Zach? you got to yeah. look at the video, and I think you'll rethink that. Go to 1025WFLA.com, keyword Budman. I'm going to take more calls on this United Airlines situation. Where do you come down on what happened? 407-916-5400, text line 23680. phone's still on fire, and we'll take more calls over uh, United. Really taking heat for that passenger on an overbooked flight being dragged right down the aisle and off the plane, bloodied, and it looked like unconscious. What's your take on this? Well, you know, what's funny is that, you know, United is coming out today and saying, oh, he was he was belligerent and disruptive. No, he wasn't. He was just not wanting to take you up on your volunteer offer to get off the plane. I think uh, overbooking a flight and then having to take off four paying passengers before crew members is bad all the way around for the passengers and for the crew who now have to ride on this flight from Chicago to St. Louis, knowing that they're the most hated people on, you know, in the flying public. Oh, they gave an earful on yeah, the flight. And yeah, they should have. I just think it's a bad move all the way around on United's part. I think it's going to hit them in the wallet and it should. Lots of calls. Want to take one? Yeah, let's talk to Olin in Palm Bay. Let's see what he has to say this morning. Hey, uh, good morning. I just wanted to say that I think this man they dragged off the plane paid the price for United's incompetence. And I also think that, like you said, the uh, they should change the laws. Because when you buy a ticket on a plane, a train, or a bus, I think it's a contract. Yeah. You give them your money, and they promise to fly you to uh, St. Louis, and uh, no other company that I know of uh, can sell you something and then say, well, well, we're not going to do it. They, they could have handled it a lot better. They were just incompetent. On the subject of a contract, always read the fine print. As outrageous as I think this is, they're within their rights to do what they did to that passenger. Not the way they did it. But removing passengers on an overbooked flight on an involuntary basis that they will not accept compensation is in the contract, so to speak, the fine print of your ticket, Olin. Sadly, but true, Deb. Yeah, it really is. But, you know, I think uh, whatever United may say we were in the right, uh, in the minds of the spending public, they were in the wrong. 
And they can say they're right to all the way to the bank, yep. but they're not going to have as much money to deposit. Well, I think it's going to cost them. I think they will lose some business oh, at least yeah. short term. And I, and I think once the lawsuits get done flying, this guy may own a piece of United. <laughs> and, and, and keep in mind, this isn't just viral here. It's viral all over the world, including oh, yeah. super viral in China, where they say the man was pulled off the flight simply because he's Chinese. Yeah. So, you, you know, United just opened up a whole can of worms they could have just avoided by finding another flight for these four crew members to get to St. Louis. Yeah, absolutely right, Deb. And in the meantime, we're still dealing with on-again, off-again, major thoroughfares being closed by the smoke from those brush fires. Yeah, State Road 50, we'd been reporting uh, all morning long, was closed in both directions between St. Nicholas Ave and Christmas, just west of I-95 in Titusville earlier this morning. But it reopened around 745. However, troopers have then announced that the beach line has been closed between I-95 and State Road 520 due to poor visibility, and that's not all. State Road 407 is also closed between I-95 and State Road 528. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank, and expect more of those road closures each and every day as uh, we continue to battle the wildfire threat. You know, but everyone knows about the candy called Lifesavers. Yeah, One of my favorites. Yeah, Mm -hmm. me too. But an Alabama company is working on a gum that really could save lives. Let's talk about it. The company is called Volatile Analysis, and the gum is designed to show whether a person has cancer. Hmm. As it's chewed, the gum absorbs what are called volatile organic compounds. Okay. So the chewed gum is then analyzed to determine if it contains certain chemicals the body produces when a person has cancer. Volatile Analysis says the gum is going to come in flavors that taste just like candy. The gum is in the testing stage right now, and the company hopes it'll be available sometime next year. Isn't that interesting? So instead of a $1,500 PET scan, you could go and buy a 50-cent pack of Volatile Analysis gum. And Isn't that terrific? And it, might just, sa- it might save your life. I think this is phenomenal. I do, too. I, yeah. think, it's, I think this is a great, great home health product. Oh, absolutely right. You know, it's the cancer equivalent, you know, of a pregnancy test, which didn't used to exist, you know, and if it turns color, a certain color, you got a boy, you got a girl, you're pregnant or whatever. But now we're talking about your life maybe being at stake here. And early detection can be the difference between life and death with cancer. And the gum could be the key to that if this works out. Especially if you have a family member or a friend, somebody that you love who just avoids the doctor for every everything that they can do, they'll avoid the doctor, oh, which yes. means they don't get that those preventative checkups. Great they don't point. get those tests taken. Yeah. You give them a piece of gum, you find out. What do they call this again, or who's doing it? A volatile analysis is the name of the Alabama company that is working on it. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do more research on that. Maybe we'll have Doctor K on the house call talked about that on Thursday. Yeah, that would be, a, be great a great idea. idea. Volatile analysis. Great I will stuff, print Deb. you off a copy of this, would you Bud do that? Man. I would. You are. Full I will service. do that right now. The Debmeister taking oh. good care of Bud Man. Yeah. And the audience here on Good Morning Orlando with the best in news whenever it breaks, top and bottom of the hour. As we join you from the Front Gate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. More calls and texts on this situation with United Airlines and that passenger on the overbooked flight who got hauled away, hauled right down the aisle in front of everybody, bloodied and battered by security police. What a nightmare. Um, so stay tuned. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes for you on News Radio 1025. Double- Got more folks who want to weigh in on the United situation with that passenger that, that dragged off the flight that was overbooked. 
more calls and text messages than we have time for, so please be as focused and quick as you can to get as many others on the line. The segment is overbooked, and we don't want to have to throw anybody off the 50,000-watt front porch, do we, Yaffe? <laughs> no, I was just about to say that. All right, you, and you're the one who's going to have to do it, all right? You're, oh, the, me? you're the one who will drag them you forcibly off the porch. You want me to take the, the PR hit? <laughs> oh, geez. So go ahead, Mike. All you're right. on from Orlando. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I think it might be a contractual problem. Uh, once they allowed him to board, they had a contract with him to fly him to whatever his destination was. So I think, it, like your previous caller might have said, uh, that it should have been handled at the gate. But once they let him on, I think they had an obligation hmm. and should have found another way to get their people to Louisville. Be interesting to see if this thing gets litigated and how that aspect of it plays out. That hasn't come up before. Thank you. I appreciate it. Michael, you're weighing in from Orlando on the United fiasco, at least from a PR standpoint. What do you think? Hello, Michael. Oh, good morning, sir. I didn't know if you were talking to me or talking to the other person. Oh, I'm talking to you. Michael. Go right ahead. I know it. Back-to-back Michaels. Go ahead. Um, you know, the, I'll try to make it short. Um, you know, I don't condone the actions of the, the, the airlines industry or the officers on the way they handled it. But when you work in the hospitality industry like I have for many years as a professional driver, uh, I can't say the company I worked for. But, you know, what they would do is they put all the previous passengers that came in on that vehicle, and then, the, you know, if there's an employee that has to go to another spot, they have to sit the employee by themselves because in the past it has caused frivolous lawsuits of saying this person touched me, this person done this, and then it ties up the court system, I'm sure, which are backlogged all right. two years. So, Michael, it sounds like you're saying that United should have found another way to get that crew down to Louisville instead of occupying those four seats. Exactly. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm tight on time. Great job. Don, you've waited a long time. Thank you for your patience. You're on from Wildwood, Don. Good morning, bud. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, It's about the dollar, and they really should have just hired a puddle jumper to get that crew down there. It wasn't that they were pressed on time. They didn't have to be there until the next day. Good, good point. And on the text line, 23680, it's still coming in, Yaffe. What do you see? Uh, Yes, Bud. Uh, We have one texter who actually disagrees with you a little bit. says, Bud, we are a nation of laws. The FAA regulations state that passengers must obey the crew's instructions. You obey the law even if you don't like it. Otherwise, there is chaos. That one man refusing to comply caused 200 people to be delayed several hours he should be charged with a criminal mischief. Wow. Wow. Tough stance there by the United Airlines pilot. No. <laughs> Anybody else? <laughs> um, yes, another person. Well, that was the same person said this is a problem in the, in the USA when right. we side with a criminal. Another person says the need they need no limits for compensation. Have passengers make offers for selling their seats. Well, $1,350 is the uh, limit, apparently, that the airlines have to offer maximum. They never got to that point, but they, they, they couldn't get anybody. Maybe at 1350 they would have gotten the doctor or somebody else. But you know what? Here's the thing. You get people who just cannot give up their seat for any price, all right? He had patience to see the next day, but what about somebody who's going to grandma's funeral? And that's going to be held at a specific time, and you've got to be there, okay? You can't get off that flight. There has to be some flexibility in this system. And then you don't need to strong-arm people to get them out of there. You really don't. Well, okay? yeah, and I'm getting a lot of texts saying that why didn't they take care of this before 
boarding. At I mean, the that's gate. Re- yeah, that's really the issue. Yeah, the at the gate thing. Well, yeah, that that's partly the issue. The other is is they got to loosen up this overbooking uh, that they're doing just for pure greed. A few empty seats aren't going to kill the airlines for crying out loud. Should be all about customer service for crying out loud. Good lord. Don't want to leave you without giving you our daily opportunity to win a great prize in our sound judgment game. Before we have the question and the sound cut, Michael, what are we playing for? Today our winner gets a pair of tickets to the International Christian Film Festival 2017, May 4th through the 6th at the Wyndham Resort in Orlando. There will be an opening night, red carpet, award ceremony, networking, seminars, as well as showcasing over 70 films throughout the event. Go to www.internationalcff.org for more details. You can watch 70 wholesome Christian movies, the very best in the world. This is an incredible prize. So be ready to play if you're not already on the line, 407-916-5400. Here we go. Neil Gorsuch, President Trump's choice for Supreme Court justice, was sworn in Monday outside the White House. As you listen to some comments by Justice Gorsuch, use your sound judgment and give me the last names of just four of the other's eight Supreme Court justices he'll be working with. I'm humbled by the trust placed to me today. I will never forget that to whom much is given, much will be expected. And I promise you that I will do all my powers permit to be a faithful servant of the Constitution and laws of this great nation. Thank you. What a classy man, the new Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch. Name four of the other eight justices he will be on the high court with, and you're our winner. Line one, can you do it? Uh, That would be Roberts, Kennedy, Ginsburg, and Thomas. What was the last one? Thomas. Yes, absolutely right. Absolutely right, and congratulations. You're going to the Christian Film Festival on us. I hope you're excited. Oh, that sounds like something worth going to. Oh, it really, really is. First name, if you will. Yeah, my first name's Joe. All right, Joe. And where are you calling in from this morning? Orlando. Good. We'll uh, put you on hold. I think you know the drill. Michael will make the arrangements, and congratulations to you. But it's not your last opportunity to win. Right at the top of the hour before we have our news update, it's our brand-new texting contest, the Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest that could land you $1,000. you got to listen for the key word coming right up at 9 o'clock. And enter our 50,000-watt front porch contest. Depict the 50,000-watt front porch as it exists in your mind. Draw it, cartoon it, Photoshop it, watercolor it. I don't care how you get it done, but give us the very best entry. We'll use it in our promotional campaign going forward, and you'll win phenomenal prizes. So be ready to go with your entry. We've already got a bunch of them in, but we're going to be doing this the entire month of April And it is our 50,000-watt front porch contest. Real fun and just great stuff. Can't wait to see what you do. And uh, you can enter. Go to 1025WFLA.com, keyword porch. Everything is out there. We'll select a winner on the Tuesday, May 2nd edition of Good Morning Orlando. Deb, for Michael, for Mike, for anybody else who helped out with the show. (laughs) And for the best audience in talk radio, have a great day. See you tomorrow. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America.